Father in heaven, I thank you um, for the chance to gather uh, as men, to open up your word, to examine what it says, to, to consider, Lord, um, how it applies to our lives, to sharpen each other, Lord, uh, that these truths would not just uh, resonate within our minds, Lord, but we'd be true and uh, of the way we lead um, others and what we just exemplify on a day-to-day basis. Father, we're going to talk about a subject today that um, is often not talked about. It's neglected, but something we all struggle with. And um, <clears throat> I just pray, Father, that you would help us to have the humility um, to consider uh, the ways in which uh, pride has captured our hearts and, um, and what we need to do to drive it out. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, <clears throat> just recently, uh, I've noticed that in my house, um, and we've had, just in light of all the good weather, we've had our windows open a lot, but I've noticed in my house there's been a couple of wasps that have flown in. And, um, and I'm like, oh, man, and of course my kids, I've got four little kids, and so they don't like wasps, and they're doing everything they can to avoid them. Dad, Dad, there's a wasp! And they're, they're running in the other room and trying to get away from the wasp. And so I've killed one or two, and time's progressed. And, and then, you know, it's not just, hey, Dad, there's, there's a wasp in the house. Hey, Dad, I see two wasps. And then all of a sudden there's, you know, half a dozen wasps in the house. Um, at a time, I'm like, okay, this is more than just having the windows and doors open casually here. These wasps are somehow getting into the house. And my little boy looks at me and goes, oh, I know where they're coming from, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. And he goes, no, no, no they're, they're coming from right over there. And he points to the fireplace. And, um, and sure enough, um, you know, a day or two later, I'm killing another wasp in our living room. And I, I turn, I just happen to look at the fireplace, and whoosh, right from in the fireplace, another wasp comes soaring out. And I'm thinking, well, I'll be. We've got some wasps traveling down our chimney and now coming into our home. And, um, and I can't get rid of these things. So we call an exterminator and say, hey, there's a lot of wasps. And he goes, you're my sixth call today. This all, it happens all the time. Change of weather. Wasps are trying to find a place that's warm. They can build their home. And, and, uh, and we'll be out there. We'll you know, poison them, do what we can. You'll still deal with them for a little while. But eventually we'll, we'll drive them out. It may take a couple of tries, but we'll drive them out. And I just sat there. And, I mean, this was a huge nuisance. I mean, my, my kids um, sleep on bunk beds. And so they were you know, ditching the top bunk to sleep on the floor because the vent was right above them, and they were certain the wasp was going to come through the vent, right, while they were asleep. And, uh, and so just trying to drive these wasps out of our home, you know, it took uh, some considerable effort and some time, and they were a nuisance. And, uh, and today we're going to talk about a, a subject, and that subject um, is pride. And it's one we don't talk about often, pride versus humility, but pride, like wasp in our home, and once it's in our heart, it is awfully hard to drive out. And those little wasps, man, you should have seen how my kids did all they could to avoid those wasps. And as dads, let me just tell you, when our kids or our wives sense pride in our hearts, man, it, it's, they retreat to the other side of the house. It's something that's ugly inside all of us. 
that when they get close, other people get close to us, and our hearts are swelled up with pride, it stings. It hurts. And no one wants to be around us. You know, we don't talk about pride that often and humility that often. It's something that's really hard to measure. You know, um, humility is hard to measure. Pride is hard to measure. One guy said this, he said, in all of our discipleship, we teach prayer, we teach Bible study, we teach evangelism. These are necessary disciplines, but without the interior foundation of humility, they can't possibly support our spiritual house. To experience the life of Christ, we need the inner discipline of humility. If you've attempted to build a spiritual life from the outside in, bypassing humility, you probably feel tired, disillusioned, frustrated, or just plain lifeless. The solution isn't to neglect the outer disciplines, it's to begin practicing the inner disciplines as well, beginning with Christ's foundational attitude of humility. The Bible speaks a lot about pride. It speaks a lot about the virtue of humility. And in the last section of the homework we did this week, um, we spent some time looking at uh, Luke chapter 18. And, um, and what we did was, is we divided this little parable and asked the questions, who, what, when, where, how, why. And uh, many of you did this exercise. And I just want to share with you some of the things, review that with you. Um, let's just look again at, at verse 9 and look at the setting of this parable Jesus tells in Luke chapter 18. Verse 9, it says, And Jesus also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Just real quickly, a couple observations here. Jesus is addressing men um, who trusted in themselves that they were righteous before God. And because they trusted in themselves, they believed they were righteous in the eyes of God, they looked at other people as beneath them. And Jesus, understanding their hearts, he then begins to tell this story. And what he does is, is he talks about two people. One, a Pharisee, those who were the religious leaders of the day, those who had the immediate respect uh, in society of the day because of their position and their religious standing. And then the tax collectors, those who were despised. The reason why the tax collectors were despised, because if you remember in Jesus' day, Rome, an outside force, an outside emperor, was conquered the nation of Israel. And so they occupied Israel, and the tax collectors were the Israelites, if you will, who agreed to serve um, on behalf of the Romans and tax their own countrymen. And often what they did was is they would overtax in order to take a little bit for themselves. And so when Jesus speaks to the Pharisee, it was... The one who most people assume, well, he must be right in the eyes of God. He's a religious leader. He's the preacher of the day. You know, he's got his own TV show. And, and then he's got the, the tax collector. The others are kind of like, you know, if you're in, a, you know, it's, this is kind of where you boo and hiss. Oh, yeah, the tax collector. But there's a surprising twist to the story, as you know. It's a story of contrast. Verse 11, the Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. 
I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. And the Pharisee stands opposed to the tax collector. Verse 13, Jesus says, But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven and was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Well, a few observations on this. So number one, um, I, you know, as I read this, I thought, not very many of us, when we read this, do we put ourselves in the shoes of the Pharisee, do we? I mean, when we read this, we kind of like to think of ourselves as a tax collector. You know, the one who is humble. No one likes to read themselves into the story as the Pharisee. But I, there again, pride is probably what's creeping into our interpretation of this passage. And just notice, again, the contrast. The Pharisee, the perception is he's going to be accepted by God because of his, his standing um, within religious circles. He takes a, pro, a posture of pride and contempt. I like what it says, the Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. You know, he stands up, it's as if he's looking at God like this. Like, here I am, God. Aren't you glad to hear from me? And his prayer, notice he is the subject. One of the questions in our homework is, how many times does he use, uh, does he refer to himself? And the answer is five times in two verses. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. And he goes on and on about his accomplishments and why God should accept him. And you see that Jesus' pronouncement is he goes away not accepted, not justified by God. Whereas the tax collector, the perception is what the audience that Jesus is speaking to would guess is, is that he's going to be the one who's rejected by God, but he takes a posture of humility. Notice the tax collector standing some distance away was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven. I see one who's standing over here in the temple who's like, here, God, I'm the greatest gift to you. Aren't you glad to hear from me? And you have the tax collector over here who's unwilling even to lift his eyes to heaven, who's beating his breast. I see him prostrate, humble before God. He takes a posture of humility. and his prayer, God is the subject. And he speaks of his need for mercy. And Jesus makes the pronouncement that the tax collector He's the one who went away justified before God. And what's Jesus' point? The meaning's right there on the surface. He tells us that everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. You know, sometimes this is hard for us to believe because we often see in day-to-day life those who are prideful, those whose hearts are swelled with pride, who are full of themselves, it often appears as if they're the ones who are rewarded. And Jesus doesn't say, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled immediately, or but he who humbles himself will be exalted immediately. You see, in God's economy, it doesn't work out that way immediately, but yet the principle remains the same. In 1 Peter 5, Peter says this, You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, 
And all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. At the proper time. In time, God is going to work this out. In his economy, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Our job is to walk humbly with him. To clothe ourselves with humility. One man said, unless we make the increase of humility our study, we may find that we have been delighting in beautiful thoughts and feelings and solemn acts of consecration and faith, while the only sure mark of the presence of God, the disappearance of self, was all the time wanting. In our homework, uh, we read that service is the most conducive to the growth of humility. And what I really want to challenge you guys as you now head off in your groups is with, is with this simple question. Next to service, what can you do personally to drive out pride and to clothe yourself with humility? Think for a little while as to who do you know that exemplifies humility? What is it about that particular individual that makes them stand out? You don't need to name names, but who do you know that rubs you the wrong way? I mean, each time you're around them, you avoid them. You go to the other side of the house. They're like that annoying wasp that hurts, that bothers, that's a nuisance that other people don't want to be around. And have the humility to ask yourself, in what way am I exemplifying that? In what way has pride captured my heart to where I'm the one that's tough to be around? You see, none of us really, again, see ourselves as the Pharisee in the story. We don't like to see ourselves as the Pharisee. But to miss that, to not at least consider, man, how's pride capture our heart? Then that's a big old red flag and should be a warning to us of how pride has captured our hearts. So let's have the humility just to gather in our groups this morning and talk about the discipline of clothing ourselves with humility and what that practically looks like. It may just simply look like, are you the guy who always has to be right? Are you the guy who always has to have the final word on any subject? Are you the guy who fails to um, gather in community and be open and honest and ask for help? Are you the guy who's the last to ask for forgiveness? Are you the guy who's always talking, always, always talking? Are you the guy who rarely asks another person a question on how they're doing? Are you the guy who rarely follows up? to consider the needs of others. When you know something's going on, do you stop and you listen to how, how they answer, how they're doing, and have the humility to consider their interest above your own? Are you the one who's quick to have to give the answer and tell others about yourself and your day and what's going on in your life? So I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to let you go into your groups. Lord in heaven, um, I thank you, Father, for uh, the simple little parable. Lord, it is not difficult to understand. The meaning is right there for us. But it is so hard sometimes to apply. And, Father, I pray that humility would mark our lives. And, um, and Father, that you would uh, help us, Lord, to lead our homes um, 
at others in our place of work, in our neighborhood. Uh, I pray, Father, you help us to lead with, with humility and in a heart of service, that we would put uh, other people's interests ahead of our own, and we would follow the example of our Master, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.